welcome once again to King of Kaiju, Monarch, a Legacy of Monsters podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I am fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Good. Excellent. So, uh, what do we do here on this podcast? Well, basically, Monarch King, King Legacy of Monsters is a television series on Apple Plus, and the King of Kaiju podcast is a weekly podcast on each episode of that television series. Television series that's based off of the MonsterVerse, which is part of, uh, I believe, the Legacy of um, uh, Legacy Pictures. Um and they're uh, they're legendary legendary, legendary that's yeah, legendary. yes yes um, legacy is the name of the the show so yes legendary uh which they had had at least they used to I don't know if they still do but had a joint release thing with um uh, another uh, company too and I I'm trying to Warner Brothers. Brothers yeah that's it yeah HBO Warner Brothers and all that um so uh either way uh the point here is that we're going to talk about um each episode of the series whether you're familiar with the monster movies that have made the theaters is uh, besides the point um because um we're really just talking about uh each episode but we'll throw in uh some of the things cuz uh one of the things that occurs in this episode um of the television series uh was a main thing on the last um, MonsterVerse movie, uh, but we'll get into all that. Uh, today is January 8th, 2024, that we're recording this, because some of our listeners like Pam are always curious when we record our podcast on the Dark Discussions News Network, because sometimes they're uh, not released immediately, but since this is a weekly podcast on a, a television series, uh, it's a timely podcast and therefore we release it immediately. This one will probably be released uh, tomorrow, uh, the 9th, before, uh, during the lunch hour, uh, noon in the Eastern Standard Time. Um, basically, uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. The uh, podcast network uh, includes uh, this podcast plus a number of other podcasts that your co-hosts that you hear tonight are on. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which is uh, www.patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions, or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Patreon button on any side, um, well, uh, well, always on the right, but any any page of the website, and it'll bring you right there, and you can donate money to the podcast, because we do this all for free. We don't ask for any money, but we do uh, put up a... Uh, a little link to a Patreon because uh, some of our listeners in the, in the past, a long time ago, uh, asked us to do so because they wanted to contribute somehow to the podcast. Uh, if you do uh, donate to the podcast, uh, we do have a, a couple of things that we give back. We will record an episode on your favorite uh, movie, basically. So uh, if you uh, donate $5 every $5 per month, um, you get to choose a movie. So if you donate $15, that would be three movies or three of the same movie. And uh, those uh, choices that you give us are going to a hat and at the quarter uh, of the year. So every every three months, we pull out of that hat um, basically a film. And then we will do that podcast on uh, one of our podcasts on the 
news network. Uh, if it's usually horror or whatnot, we'll do it on, on dark discussions. If it's more superhero, science-y, fiction-y type stuff, we'll do it on the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, but uh, any anything that you would like to donate is helpful. Also, you can share our episodes uh, on social media, so wherever you have a social media account, uh, you can share and let folks know that you're listening to us and to check us out. And you also can release, re- release, well, not release, uh, review the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us hopefully a five star review for this podcast as well as our main podcast, uh, Dark Discussions Podcast, and any other podcasts that we do. Um, all right, so what we do here about uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, we talk about the latest episode and we spoil everything because, again, we're assuming everybody uh, that's listening to this podcast is a fan of the show or is a hate watcher of the show and just wants to hear uh, a group of uh, fellow uh, fans that uh, put some analysis into uh, their discussion and uh, you're curious to hear more things about the show, similar to like if you watch the New England Patriots play the New York Jets and then you listen to Sports Radio after to hear the analysis, that's what we do here. Um, all right, so tonight's uh, Axis Monday, uh, episode nine, uh, directed by uh, Andy Goddard and written by Matt Fraction, uh, released January 5th, 2024. Um, so uh, even though uh, it says the 5th. Uh, they actually release it, uh, as Mike has noticed, uh, on Thursdays late at night, um, every night. So they're doing, even though it's technically... 10 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, there you go. So um, I'm not sure uh, how that works, but uh, it's, I guess it's uh, maybe it's wherever the first t- place that Apple releases their stuff. It's already midnight there. I don't know. But anyway, um, let's get into our topic tonight. And again, uh, we're going to talk about Exodus, or Axis Monday. And uh, the first thing we'll do is do a roundtable and give our thoughts on the episode. So uh, let's start with you, Barrett. <laughs> I knew you were going to start with me. I wanted to see what you guys were going to say before I said mine. <laughs> uh I was actually kind of disappointed in this episode. It's not the wor- in my worst list, but it gave us everything we've already predicted. Uh, it was a little too predictable. Um, it wasn't unexciting. I liked the, the 1962 stuff. Um, it gave us some answers, but it just didn't move me like I wanted a penultimate episode to do. Um, so while it's not in the bottom, it's kind of in the middle for me as far as episodes go all right sounds good uh yeah for me um i'm uh kind of where you are uh barrett uh everything was pretty much predictable um and, and a lot of the characters um i still don't like um and um you know since it was predictable seeing uh the reappearance of miori miura and uh people not aging and, and things like that was like ho-hum, ho-hum. You know, we, we knew this was going to happen. So, and, and of course, now that we knew it was going to go this way because the movies have. Um, the science stuff that, you know, you know people like uh, Arthur C. Clarke and Robert Heinlein and, and whatnot, they're probably rolling in their graves because this is now not hard science. I mean, it was never really hard science anyway, but the, the premise of, of nuclear radiation and, and whatnot and the monsters um, from the original movie Godzilla uh, uh, from 1950s to now where it's 
they feed on it and they're attracted to it and they live in the center of the earth and people don't age down there and all this other stuff. It's it's just a little silly. Um, so I'm not saying that the 19, late 1960s and 70s um, Godzillas weren't silly either, but they were they were um, kind of more fun. And and this this one um, I can't say is that much fun because they're trying to pretend that it's hard science fictiony, but it's not fun because there is no really enough monsters in it. So uh, it, it was I'm, I'm basically saying the exact same thing as Baron, except I just wanted to fill in some further things. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, uh, I I think what you're getting at is that this takes itself way more seriously than those most of those uh, old Showa era Godzillas did. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you're you're doing uh, a Godzilla thing. You're, you're, there's only so much real science you're going to get. I, they're kind of coloring in the lines that they were given uh, in in the uh, in the films, for, for better or for worse. Um, and they're trying to make some sense of the I don't know of the general mess of a narrative. Um, <laughs> is is the nicest I'll put it. And I think within those parameters, I think they've done a decent job. Um, I was kind of lukewarm on this episode too, because this is really mostly set up with no payoff to get us to a point that we predicted. Um, they 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 found a back door that doesn't necessarily make any sense, but fine. Uh, to explain how the characters get to the Hollow Earth. And again, it doesn't make much sense, but the original story didn't make much sense either. You know, so they're just, okay, if we hit your ride, so you don't need a the special electronic vehicle. If you happen to hit your ride with a Titan, then you can kind of get a, a loophole through that somehow. Um, the deal with the aging of Shaw, which, you know, we knew they were going to. I don't, I, I think it's weird. Um, the, the timeline they gave us, and I don't know how that's going to work um, going forward, but again, I'm trying not to, I don't want to judge it on what I'm anticipating. I'll wait till we get the uh, final explanation, um, I'm assuming, next week. Uh, and then there were some weird bits with the characters. I, I think they finally refigured out the, the, the Kintaro character uh, after having him be just such a general the last couple of episodes, um, they kind of remembered. Oh no, he was actually had a had a bit of a purpose, didn't he? Uh, he was motivated. This is the guy who struck out on his own back in episode um, four, right? Um, he had a, had a bit. Of, it was kind of hard headed and determined, and, and and all of that just kind of vanished late in the last couple of episodes. And it really does feel like some of these are written by people who are not comparing notes with each other. But um, I don't know. I thought overall it was it was okay. It just it wasn't great. Um, it wasn't bad. It's still better than episodes four and five. 
Um, but it, it's all built. It's all built up and very little payoff. So. All right, sounds good. Uh, I do like uh, your point, uh, Mike, that they are taking themselves way too seriously compared to those films in the '60s and '70s, which I, I think is is the reason why uh, no one uh, points to those films from the '60s and '70s as as. Uh, Wait, was it Godzilla versus? Or was it, was it Terror of Mecha Godzilla or Godzilla versus Gigan? Which is the one where the aliens were basically people in gorilla masks? Yeah, I don't remember that. I forget. Yeah, I remember that one, but I don't remember the name. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they were like in silver jumpsuits with with gorilla masks. I think it might have been the one. Uh, yeah, it's one of the Ghidorah ones, I think, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It was it was yeah. one of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but that was a good point. I felt. Uh, all right, so that's our feelings on the episode. Um, so I guess we can now, uh, what we do here as listeners, new or old, I should know, uh, we talk about everything and anything, uh, because again, this is a podcast that discusses, uh, specifics, um, because we're here to analyze, uh, the show. Um, all right, so, uh, where do we want to go? I, I will say this, we had some issues about the coincidence of people bumping into each other in the underworld, uh, or whatever it's called, underworld sounds like satanic, um, the under-earth, um, like Miura at the very end is revealed to be alive in the same age as he was uh, six, uh, seven years ago. And right, is it a tiny one-mile area of underworld? Well, I mean, well, it's like, come on. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt, and I was thinking about it a lot today for some reason. Don't ask me why when I had spare time. Um, that it was the same wormhole that Kate went down. So technically she would be in the same general area of the underworld, or whatever it's called, unless Miura decided to move because she's been down here for 70 years. But if she decided to stay where she landed, technically you could argue that Kate would be in the same general vicinity. Well, and was it 70 years for her? It could have been, like, days, because she doesn't look any older. No, from well, here's this where I'm, I'm a little iffy on the time. Yeah, and I don't want to make assumptions as to what they're arguing. Um, although there were certain things it's hard not to, to just do a little basic math, um, is that Shaw seemed to have only been in the, um, uh, in the underspace. He'd been in the, uh, was what the, the general called it, but, um, for a few hours and yet 20 years had passed. Right. So, maybe right. but then he's in like full on survival mode. Yeah, that's true. And so if she, let's say only a few hours had passed, even if we're generous and say 24 hours had passed for Shaw, then that had been 20 years, while it's been uh, uh, 60 years, which means it would have been about three days. Right. And she's turned into Rambo. Um, so that, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the problem, yeah. So, so either there's a very, either there's variability here and she's been there for months, uh, I don't know that she'll make it up to years, 
I don't know. I don't know how they're going to explain it. It just it's it seems like an incongru- in, uh, congruity here. Um, I, I don't know why they even did this other than to get to bring this character back, which I also don't understand why they did this because who is this character, right? Um, there's one episode left. The character who I like but doesn't seem special enough to this universe where it's, you know, this isn't, you know, Luke Skywalker here, uh, where it's necessary to transport them through time and and have them encounter the monsters in the modern age. This is a character that if you uh, had never watched the show, right, nobody who's actually seen the movies is aware of this character's existence. They don't seem to be someone who is really all that important, and yet they felt it necessary to bring her into the modern age. And they felt it necessary to do this storyline with Kurt Russell, which they, they really didn't have to do if they had decided to, to set some of that storyline ahead of a few years. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I just don't quite get why they're doing this and why they're making getting adding yet another weird scientific wrinkle to the journey to this. Um, Hollow Earth, which never made sense in the first place, but you know, you know, I can roll with it. It's it's part of it. It's baked into the cake now. Um, we 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 watch it. We know it's going to be part of it, and so it's sort <laughs> of like, well, it's sort of like you know, it doesn't make sense that somebody been by a radioactive spider would get spider powers. But yeah, you watch Spider Man, and and you, you you just accept it, right? You can say, I still don't understand how he got these powers it doesn't make sense no it's we're, we're moved past that now you're either on board with it or not i'm on board with it we've got the hollow earth but every time we, we go there it seems like they decide to just make it more complicated or more convoluted in a way that's really not necessary so yeah so they they uh, have um, yeah, you know, this is what I was thinking also, too, and, and what they could have done, especially since we've been talking about the 60s and 70s, um, th- before I, I even read comic books, I noticed in kaiju movies that they would reboot things over and over. In other words, uh, similar to like the Halloween, Michael Myers films, they would ignore all the other films and, and franchise and just stop fresh and Godzilla used to do that too and as we know superheroes they do that too where they create new storylines with the same characters which technically is kind of the same but here I was hoping they would do that too for the TV show and just say let's forget all of that last movie and just not have an underworld and and now they're talking about there's riffs it's not just a hole in the ground that leads to the underworld like the old James Mason film from the six, the 50s or 60s. But now they're talking about a space-time thing and stuff, and I'm, like, completely and confused. And different dimension and, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of like, oh, good Lord. Why well, the different dimension is kind of where I would almost have hoped they were going to go uh, after the last film. They, they, yeah. they can't ignore it because they made too big a deal of it in three of the uh, in, in the three of the four movies, right? It, it was a big deal in, in Skull Island. It was a big deal in King of the Monsters, yeah. and it was a, an even bigger deal in Godzilla vs. Kong. And Godzilla vs. Kong is the one that by far made the most money. So they kind of have to 
follow up with that. Um, and the next movie is a direct sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong. So even there, they really can't afford to just uh, dispense with it. Um, well, and honestly, I mean, there has to be an explanation other than the world being on the inside of the planet because it doesn't make sense. It made even less sense with that. So saying it's some other dimension, some other time, some other place, it's just there's rifts to it in the Earth. That's different to me. So that seems – I can accept I, I know en- I've, I know enough and taught enough basic geology to know that, that for all sorts of reasons that the hollow Earth makes zero sense whatsoever. Right. But – you know, that's one of the reasons I was kind of glad that they did the thing, you know, in the, the the one episode where they realize that there's these giant monsters living inside the Earth. And they basically say we have to throw away the rule book as far as um, our understanding of all these sciences, right? Because none of this makes any sense according to those. And when, they, when they're willing to do that, they're saying, okay, we're not playing, we're not even going to pretend to be playing in our world anymore. Right. Um, and I'm fine with that as long as they're willing to go there. Yep. They're not using it as a as a as a justification. Uh, but it, it's still a little tenuous. <laughs> it's, 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 it, yeah, it's just it's just adding and adding more and more stuff to it that feels like they're thinking, "Well, isn't this neat?" And I'm like, "I, I just it feels convoluted." Yeah. It feels like they make, they're making this the whole thing unnecessary. So, for instance, like that, the Kong Skull Island gives the the Hollow Earth. doesn't tell us anything about it. just says Hollow Earth. And it's like, okay, fine. There's Hollow Earth. There's monsters. And I thought that's a great idea because it's a way to explain where these kaiju are coming from, where these giant monsters are, why they're not always around on the surface stomping. Why is it like when Godzilla walks away, at the end of every movie, and we're like, where the hell is he going? Uh, he's exactly. off somewhere. He's just going. He's just going away somewhere. And and what about Angira? So he's going with them. And Megalon, yeah, he's going with them too. And yeah, they're all going. They're all going off someplace into the this underground on Hollow Earth, and that's where the monsters are found. And that's fine. And that's that would seem like it's it's the Hollow Earth is sort of the bank for for the giant monsters. I was like, okay, that that works for me. That's fine. No and more explanation we, needed. <laughs> no more explanation needed, and then and then you get to King of the Monsters, and well, then there's this ancient civilization ruins there, and there are these like lava tubes that are like allow you to transport halfway across the world in a blink of an eye. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're that, trying to make things convenient to the story, but make the viewers go, what? And, well, and then... You, you know what? It would have been... I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're, they could explain it a little better because, you know, as we know, if if we could go into orbit, uh, whether it's a orbital elevator, that you know, an elevator that's attached to uh, something in space, or whether it's airplanes that can go into orbit and then come back down, we can get anywhere on Earth in less than an hour um, because orbit uh, is faster and, and, and so you could be in Europe in you know 30 minutes instead of six hours as it is now or we could fly to one side of the U.S. to the other in 20 minutes instead of five or six hours. But 
if they had gone some route with that and explained that, I think that would have been a little better, how that would work underground or something. But I, I, I don't know. Instead, I'm just left confused. And well, and then you get to Kyle Dillon versus Kong, where they invent this gravity inversion, which had never been mentioned before, that was keeping people from going down there, which we never saw anybody try. And then when you get down there, there's there's like a sandwich world where there's a, a floor and there's a ceiling that are like mirroring each other where there's life and there's a sun down there that keeps everything lit. And I, again, it, that, that that's that's really just pushing it. And, and so the idea that this might be an alternate reality is just for me and that the, the, the passageways could be like wormholes or something rather than just giant holes through the earth, even though Godzilla made one, didn't he, in Godzilla vs. Kong? I think, so. yeah, I think so. Yeah, he just breathed fire down into the into the hollow earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I said, it, it is what it is. It's there. It was. It, this is all stuff that had been laid down for them that they didn't well, have to deal with, but they chose to deal with. And I'll tell you another problem. I know I want to see lots of different monsters, but they don't have no thought of an ecosystem. It's just monster after monster and with no thought of how they affect each other, what they do to each other. I don't know. Something about that bothers me, too. Yeah, well, that was always my issue with the Skull Island monsters is that they were not – like, the, the monsters from Skull Island and Kong included were felt like giant monsters in an ecosystem. Yeah. Right, where they where there is a there's not a single skull crawler, there's a population of skull crawlers. Kong was one of a whole population of giant gorillas. Right. Um even uh, I'll go back to the like the the um the, the Jackson version of Kong um is that you know, he had an ecology worked out where uh, the reason all these things were kind of gathering together is that the island was slowly sinking and leaving them less and less room to spread out. But he had thought about some of these things and, and created a world with all this variety of monsters. But there were monsters that we were more or less familiar with. You know, whether they were dinosaurs or giant bugs, you know, they weren't fantastical. Nothing was breathing fire or creating EMP bursts or all that other stuff that we get from uh, uh, from the the traditional Godzilla kaiju, and now we're right. We get to the Godzilla kaiju, and they're they're completely different. And like this, we see the uh, the whatever it is the the warthog in this that feels like something off of Skull Island, where the frost war felt like something out of Godzilla. Yep, that's true. Right, they they feel like two separate types of creatures, and they're trying, and and it, it just it's all bad planning to get everybody on the same page. I I just like the idea in my head canon that there are monstrous creatures, and then there is the 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 the, 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 the true titans, the kaiju, right, which are the things that live off radiation, and the, your your Rodan, your Mothra, your Ghidorah, your Godzilla, uh, and I'll even take the Frost War as an example of that. And then you'll have your other lesser creatures, like your skull crawlers and the giant octopus and the, you know, and the this big boar thing and the rest. 
Right. Yeah, it um, it makes me question now. Not necessarily this show, because like you said, Mike, you know, the, this is the show that inherited the world, created in the, the monsterverse, and and I, I'm just wondering where these if the Hollywood producers that fund these are as stupid as the the writers that that write these things because it's almost like the writers are just seven year old boys that go, Oh, that's cool, let's have a uh the monster's attracted by they they want to eat it. Yeah, yeah, they want to eat the radiation and oh let's have a center of the earth and oh but but let's have it as a rift, in, you know, and they just go on and on. Oh, let's have the people not age. Oh, time doesn't go by. And, you know, and it's just like, oh, my God. All I need now is, is, oh, let's have the hot naked chick. And it's like, oh, we can't have that anymore because it's politically incorrect in 2024. But that's just how it feels. And it's like they have they start from scratch, and then they just go off the rails. These And the producers must be the same people, except they just own – the money and say yeah 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 that's cool let's do it and and then it's just all I, I always recommend men go back if you can and listen to Kevin Smith tell the story of him working on Superman Returns and the script for that I generally have a lot of respect for a lot for Hollywood screenwriters I, they they often are really really good at their job um, I could say that there's not hacks there's hacks in every job um. But yeah, I didn't um, mean that as a direct. No, 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 no. I, I, know, I know that. I'm just saying. But I, I did mean it to poo-poo for sure. But go on. Um, a lot of these things you hear about are ruined by by note, right? That there's notes from the studio, there's which means there's notes yep. from the executives telling Don't them about this, how they can Im- how they can improve this, that, or the other thing. And so, like, the example from um, Superman Lives is uh, – that was John Peters, who was the producer – who was the, one of the producers for uh, the 1989 Batman. And if I remember correctly, John Peters had been a hairdresser before he was a movie producer. Not that there's anything wrong with being a hairdresser. Um, <laughs> very different professions, though. Very, different, very, very different professions. But he's writing this story, and he contacts Kevin Smith and, and says, uh, Kevin, yeah, I know you're doing this story about Superman dying and coming back to life. Uh, my son just did a high school science project about spiders. I'd like to have Superman fight a giant spider. That's it. I had no idea. Can this fit in the movie? Just You need to put a scene in there where, where, where Superman fights a giant spider. Whether it made sense... <laughs> Doesn't matter. His son did a thing on spiders. He thought spiders were neat. Go have them fight a giant spider. And yeah, yeah that kind and, of and backs my point, which is the producers are just like the writers. Well, they impinge on the writers, which impinge on the writers, not to be what. It would well, have been otherwise. That that's true, but I'm sure that for every producer that says, "Oh, that's cool. Let's let's have a giant spider fight Superman," there is a writer 
that is hired that says, oh, this is cool. Let's let's have a giant spider fight Superman. And and then they tell the producer, and the producer goes, oh my god, that's awesome. And then they, or if the producer says to the uh, the writer, not in Kevin Smith's case, but other writers, oh, that's cool. Let's do that. You know. Uh, and again, some will just do it for the paycheck. But I'm I'm beginning to be curious if no one thinks things through. Before they, 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 they well, here's here's the thing. So the movie that that so the Superman never gets off the ground. This was the one that was supposed to star Nicolas Cage as Superman. Yep. Um, <laughs> the movie that Peters does afterwards instead is Wild Wild West with <laughs> and there's a giant with, with, spider with Will Smith. <laughs> a story set in the old West, which features at the end a giant mechanical spider. So he still ends up getting his giant mechanical spider. Uh, another famous story is the movie Enemy Mine with um, Dennis Quaid and um, Dennis Quaid Lewis and Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. Yeah. Now the term Enemy Mine is referring to the my enemy. This is my enemy, and it's a, a take on a, a on a World War II story, except it's done as science fiction. Uh, where like the World War II story is a, an Allied soldier and a uh, Allied pilot and a a uh, Japanese pilot being stuck on the same island together. In this case, they just make it science fiction-y by having it a human and an alien who are at war together, and they both crash on an alien planet and have to survive together and how they learn to grow together. They have to add an extended subplot in which uh, there are uh, these humans that are kidnapping like alien children or something and forcing them to work uh, as slaves on a mine on the planet, and the whole reason that subplot was created is because the producers felt, well, the war, the, the the movie has the title "Mine" in the project, and and then people, if they go and there's not a mine in the movie, they're going to be confused. So you have to put a mine in the in the story. I hadn't heard mine. that one before. When, when you say a mine, you mean like like uh, a sea, you know, to sink boats, that type of mine? No, no, no. A mine no, is in digging ore. Yes. Oh, mining community. Oh, my gosh. All right. See, I, I was thinking about yeah, something else. So, so there you go. So who knows? So, and I mean, there's uh, there's no shortage of stories like that that are out there. There are old stories because I'm old, and that's when I remember hearing them. But they're all out there. They're all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, that 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 people came up with and decided... Uh, you know that that we're going to interfere. We're going to we're going to, and it's all it's all studio executives. It's rarely coming straight from the writers. And again, writers can be bad. There's 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 hack writers out there, like I said. Uh, we all we all get it. But this is just um, sometimes feels like it's producer inter- intervention more than anything else. People who who are not creative types. Who just have an idea and nobody has the power to tell the, the money people, and nobody has the uh, the authority to tell them, no, that's a dumb idea, and we're not doing it. Yeah, well, nobody yeah, has the it. courage, at least. That, that's interesting because it, I I was thinking it was more like the writers that would come up with all these kooky ideas, and then they just do it, and the director does it, and then the producers just say, yeah, sure, whatever, and then. Everybody looks like an ass after, but you're saying that it may have been the producers that say, "Oh, we need." To I'm saying a lot of time. I'm not saying, like, yeah. and there are times. There's, there's, there's people out there. Um, and by the way, sometimes they become producers. Right, writers can become producers. Um, yeah. 
Oh, uh, Orsi and Hertzman and are, are pretty bad, in my opinion, kind of bad. Uh, who is the one that co-wrote that wrote uh, Prometheus? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, yeah, what the hell's that guy? Uh, because of an L. And uh, I forget what other show. No, not him. But he wrote that. He wrote some of the Transformers movies. He wrote. Uh, I just know that he's a little bit of a like conspiracy. Or he wrote the the Star Trek First Contact. He's kind of a conspiracy theorist, um, and so some of that ends up in, from my understanding, in, in some of his works. Um, so yeah, it's it gets there, but I'm just saying there's a lot of times there's not not the best oversight either. Uh, John Spates and Damon L- Lindelof. Okay, Lindelof is yeah. There's another one. Yeah, yeah, he's another another one. So, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. So, so either way, someone gets involved, whether it's the producers of the of the MonsterVerse or the writers they hire or a combination of all of them, it it kind of goes off the rails. And, and as as we see in a lot of franchises, the longer the franchise lasts, it goes more and more off the rails. And um, um. This show is no exception. The MonsterVerse is no exception. Um, I don't really well, feel remember it's off the, the rails. Um, it's just way too predictable and not very exciting, and they're well, kind of, that, kind of that, stale. That's fair. But, I mean, Barrett, when I say off the rails, I mean they, they just bring in all these things. Like the, like you agreed, like why do they have a, a space reference? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and all that other stuff. But, but – but you're right. You're right. I, I, it was predictable too. A lot of the stuff we we predicted. We, we now know, except for King Stannis, if the person dies off screen, they're not really dead. Right. You know, yeah. and 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 also because of Westworld and and Jon Snow and various other shows, we also know that people who die, it's not suspenseful anymore because we know they could just come back to life. Well, and the thing is that this what killed two birds with one stone, right? They were able to explain his age thing, and they were able to bring her back to life. I read an article today, too, that said they always planned on her not being dead, um, so that we obviously figured that out the second she supposedly died. <laughs> so they weren't surprising us with their... Fooling yeah. around. So. Yeah, I think I think both you. I mean, I was just saying I was just saying she's dead because I was just praying to God they wouldn't bring her back because if they did, it would be ah, oh, this is so stupid. Right. But you guys called it right from the beginning. I was just trying to pretend to myself, don't do it, don't do it. But I knew too. I, I was there with you. I, I, we all knew she wasn't dead. Um, and you know that we we all noticed even before they even mentioned it on the show how the heck can Kurt Russell be look only 70 something years old and not be an old 90 something year old person and right. and we predict that even before they even mentioned it in the show um we had done the math and again I'm not doing the, the red bull and reddits but I bet you're a bunch of those folk have, have discovered it too you know so yeah i i i mean they, those folk even discovered the, the Westworld uh, twist from season one. So I, I – and that was a hard one compared to this. You know, yeah, this exactly. One, <laughs> yeah. This one was telegraphed from far, far away. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now, 
oddly may actually seem like an important character today and not an important character because she had anything of use, but her character <laughs> actually was a main character because it was him. It was the two of them together. Um, and Char and her, and and so her character became an important character in that storyline. And I her still like her better than the other two kids too. Well, and that's what I was about to say. That this episode actually made me like her character finally because I thought her character was worthless for every other episode. And this episode made her actually okay. I, I'm, I'm on board. She's good. Yeah, she's good. Well, and it made me hate the father even more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Explain why. Let's hear, hear your thoughts. Just on that. this whole end with him crying, and oh, it's God, like, yeah. dude, you made your bed. What are you crying about? You didn't want to. You didn't have anything to do with her really for the longest time. I, I don't know. It just but, didn't it, feel real. Yeah, I mean, he's a complete quest to be motherfucker because even when he sees his son in person and talks to him for the first time. There is no explanation given to us, the audience, or to the son, Ken, that why did you not contact us? Well, and he has no forgiveness for Shaw, too, when Shaw comes back. I'm just like, come on, dude. Yeah, his character, I, I, don't, I don't get the character he's, at all. He's totally unlikable. Yeah, I mean, because they didn't make anything that said that he had to – go undercover, and so he couldn't talk to his family, because if he did, they were in danger. None of that happened. He was just a, guy, a bigamist, and, and and he didn't give a rat's ass about him. He just, right. you, know, you know, he just married two women and had sex with them, because that's what men do when they're horny. And he didn't, <laughs> and he didn't care about them uh, at all, and he didn't even care about the kids, because we're probably just mistaken pregnancies, it seems. I don't even know if it's... They, I mean, the whole thing is just bizarre. It's He's, he's a terrible character. Horrendous. He gives nothing for us to grab onto to go, hey, I could like him. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it's, it's weird, and they don't give us a lot to like with the character in the first place, and sometimes the order in which you're you reveal details about a character will have a lot to do with how the audience will perceive that character. And so, like, I am sure by showing us the little boy at the beginning of the episode playing with his little tin toy, eating his Wheaties, um, and, you know, sad over the fact that he's losing yet more of his family, it was supposed to maybe help us identify with the uh, with the father, and and no, it just had me think. Oh, so this is the little boy who's going to grow up to be a bigamist. That's crazy. yeah, yeah. And then he turns out to like hate his uncle just because just because he didn't return. You know, well, not his fault or anything, but he still hates him for it. And then he's just yeah, his character sucks. So Phil's mentioned like Game of Thrones a couple of uh, here. So like Game of Thrones, the the story, the books has point of view characters, right? Everything is written from a character's point of view, and then just changes chapter to chapter which yep. character's point of view. But there's but for this this sprawling epic, there are only a handful. Well, there's hundreds of characters. There's only a handful of characters that are point of view characters. And it's fair to say that the father is not a point of view character in this, right? We're, we're never seeing things from his perspective. And so 
we we've we've seen it from his from his children who felt betrayed by him. Uh, we've seen it from his his wives who who seemed weird, and we we said it at the time seemed weirdly okay. With well, we do get his perspective in this episode, but by now it's too late. No, no, like yeah, I agree. Yeah, late by now. By now we've our, we we have we by we I mean me and I'm guessing the two of you, um, maybe yeah. not other people. My my opinion on him is pretty well formed and it's not a good one. And by showing us now, this poor little kid who lost his family, um, who, uh, I don't know who maybe can't trust relationships because he was abandoned by, uh, by his uh, his his mother and his. Father died, and then his uh, actor, then his his uh, stepfather dies, and 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 his uncle just vanishes. Uh, and you want to say, and he has that causes him to have relationship issues. It's too late. I don't care. I really just don't care. Well, and it um, makes it harder to believe that he would get into Monarch with his feelings about them abandoning him because they always abandoned him for Monarch. So why would he yeah. ever become part of that organization? Yeah, I mean, it might explain why he doesn't share that with the kids, right? Yeah. Why he doesn't tell the kids about Monarch. Right? I get that, why he leaves them out of uh, that out of his uh, that part of his life out of the story. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I just I have no sympathy for him. I, I just I I really can't. I mean, I can understand. Yeah, he feels bad. His daughter dies, but like you didn't—you you abandoned him in the desert and didn't give a shit, right? Right? Like they could have died. The last <laughs> time you left them, they were standing on top of fucking Godzilla. Yep. And you ran away. <laughs> I no, no, and and good on Kentaro for calling out his bullshit. Yes. And nicely, that made Quintero seem much stronger than he seemed up until this point. Right. Well, the last time we had him seem this strong was, I think, in that in that episode, episode four, where, which you know was not anyone on this podcast's favorite episode, where he goes off and um and and decides to wander all the Alaskan wilderness all by himself because uh, it's a Scooby Doo episode and everyone has to go their own separate ways to gather clues. Um. But he at least had strength there, and and then he didn't anymore. And he watched his sister steal his girlfriend, and it just—he felt such like such a wishy-washy character the last couple of days. And here at least he had some some backbone and nerve, and how he and, and his determination to go forward, and his determination to not uh, take uh, Monarch telling him that he's kicked out of the gang now. And then just telling his father to pound sand. Um, yeah, I, I just – I understand if I'm a writer and I create these characters, I I, I will have some empathy for them because you put a bit of yourself in there, which is a big problem. But you may under, you understand these characters in many ways before you've written the story, and you have to get into their heads and, 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 and all of this. But that's not – but but that's – that order of the presentation of facts – about these characters and their background, their situation, will very much have to do with how we perceive them and whether we perceive them to be 
the hero or the villain, whether we have any empathy towards them or not. Um, you know, and we, we, we said before how, well, it could turn out that Shaw was the villain of this, of this series, quote unquote villain. But by putting him as the, as the, as a central character, we, we weren't seeing him as a villain. They could surprise us with that. And, and again, I don't know that that's what they're going with here. Um, but we, but because we understand his motives, whereas if this was a told in a different way, we could totally see him as being a villain because, oh, sure, so your girlfriend died, so you're going to blow up the world, you know, that's, that's fucked up. Um, it, it's, it's how the information is presented, how the characters are presented, and, and there's only so much we have for any one character in the story. Um, we can't, view them all as a hero. We can't get on board with all of them. And it feels like and it has felt, and we've talked about this before, it felt like they've been trying to build sympathy for this father for a while and every single time they do it, it just feels weird and creepy. Well, and you know what's funny is is technically you're right and technically you're not. And let me explain what I mean. Like, for example, in Lost, there's a lot of characters in that show. Speaking of Linda, Linda Loft or whatever that, that writer is, that one of the, that we were talking about earlier. And um, he, I mean, those characters, a lot of them, you kind of do like. They're, some of them are noxious and some of them have flaws and whatnot, but generally most of the characters you like. And in Game of Thrones, you you know, uh, unless they trick you, like with, with um, uh, Daenerys, which I was never tricked. I knew she was evil from the beginning. But all the characters, you either knew they were evil or good or somewhere in the middle, and you liked them or you hated them because of what is there and, and presented to us and whatnot. And here, they they just want all these people to be protagonists, but we that but they have them as all despicable people. And, and in other words, like. You knew you knew certain people in Game of Thrones were antagonists, whether you liked them or not. Here, they want you to think everybody's a protagonist and like them, but they're just flawed. And it's like, no, they're not flawed. This, this, this father is just a scumbag. I mean, this is stupid. I mean, well, one of the things that Lost did, like they start off kind of setting up like Sawyer as, as a possible antagonist. It seems like at first. Um, yeah. And then you find out his backstory. They would get an entire episode to learn what their deal was. He, yeah. he, he's gotten a few minutes in this episode. They didn't really put in the groundwork to redeem his character. No, there's no in-between area where we see him being a good person at all, ever. No, and in this episode, he just made me think he was more of a sociopath or a yeah, narcissist it, or whatever. Question to be, period. Yeah, <laughs> like he was, he was crying for himself, not for his actual daughter. That's how it felt. When he's crying, right? Like, I could, I could hypothetically see um, that you know, why someone who why he would be mad at Shaw and would have trouble forgiving him or opening up to him. I, I could understand that. I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but I could see it. But in this case, you're you're, you're pitting these two characters uh, against each other, for lack of a better term. Uh, who's the one I'm going to sympathize with? Yep. Who's the one I'm going to feel sorry for? I'm going to feel sorry for Shaw because I've been watching his story the entire time. I, I even him as a uh, kid, right? So uh, as hero as a kid, and the, the 
the name Hero. Um, Hiroshi as a kid, we don't, we, there's, there's really no interaction with him. We don't see his emotional loss and the trauma that he suffers from seeing one family member after another after another taken away. It's much more hypothetical. Yep. Where we do get a sense of, first of all, we've already had Kurt Russell uh, as the adult, you know, talk about uh, how he considers him as some, the closest thing he's had to his son. So we know how much he cares about him. We know he cares for him. And so when he's rejecting him, we feel bad for Kurt Russell. We don't identify with Hero. Right, and all of these, and, and Kurt Russell, his Shaw, his character has been part of a group that is taking care of that kid, and they were all a family. They they all were part of that family unit, whether Shaw got with her or not. She had the kid before, and they all accepted him as part of their group, their family, and yet he's the, like that. You know, it's like, I don't know, I can't, I don't get it. Well, I, I do. It's it, it's he's a sociopath. He's a cluster B. He's a narcissist. But the problem is, wh- why is he for the show? When well, I don't, I don't know that he's a sociopath. I think for, well, he's, for he's cluster B. He's cluster B for sure. For, for for people who listen to the who don't listen to the Dark Discussion podcast, this is one of uh, Phil's favorite talking points. Um, yes, yes. Is to go back. To, I, I I just think that. They haven't developed him enough as an actual character. Yeah, and I think he's just doing what well, the story you, needs him to do. You, you know, you're, you're right, but I think they developed him enough, and this episode shows it. It's not like he stopped because he had plenty of time to talk to his son. You know, I mean, it's not like like whether he spent an hour with the son or only ten minutes with the son, the world was going to change because of that extra fifty minutes. And he could have said. Stuff like, well, if I, I spoke to you folks, there would have been uh, your all your lives would be in danger. Uh, he had no excuse for the two marriages. That's that's <laughs> all right. So so. Oh no, he's he's. I I. I well, her, his mom kind of had two boyfriends, right? Um, I I, I don't know. Uh, well, I understand that, but but that doesn't that there's still no excuse for it. So I mean, he uh, he knew as well as everybody else in the entire world, whether he's a sociopath or not, that having uh, two is bad, you know. So especially when you're cheating. So the the problem is is he. I think I I just joke or not running joke on the Dr. Fisher's podcast or not podcast or not he, the guy is a, is a is a cluster B motherfucker. I mean, it, it, there's nothing that showed that he was protecting his family. There was no reason he should have been married with two different families. The, the, you know, I mean, whatever happened with Shaw and him. All right, fine. He's a dink to Shaw, whatever. But the whole deal with the two families and then never talking to them because there's nothing that shows us that he was hiding from uh from some agency that would pro- because he was protecting them so i i don't i don't get it i i i don't know what their their the point is like i think it was you mike and youtuber it says what at the first episode or second episode when we discovered that he was a bigamist actually it was the first episode what why did they go with that storyline? Because the payoff in episode nine is simply what I felt from the beginning, and it appears 
I, I don't want to speak for either of you, but I'll just say for myself then. For me, the guy was a, 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 a cluster B fuck from the beginning, and that's it. It was nothing to do with some protection or to live a double life for some reason. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, they haven't they haven't explained it at all. So there's all we can do is make assumptions, right? Right. But 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 his attitude when he talks to the son, there was there's nothing there. You would have thought they would have answered things. Yeah, something at that point. Yeah, because we're we're we have the son's point of view right there, and so we should see we're seeing everything the son's seeing. So when the son's asking all these questions and the guy doesn't say anything like. Like you would hope, which is uh, I was protecting you guys because if I, if I came back, they would have killed you. That wasn't the case. If uh, I married the second woman because there is no answer, I'm just a, a scumbag. Because I, 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 <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there's just I, I, there's nothing. I, I get I get your point. We don't get enough, but I think we do get enough. Well, we get all we get, so we have to make assumptions based on that, and none of them are good for him. <laughs> right, and, and the reason I'm making these assumptions is because this is a neighbor with none of this international crap, and, and we found this out, where, you know, our neighbor was and had a kid in the next door, and he disappeared, and then the kid goes to Ohio and comes back and says, I just found out he had another wife and another kid. We, we, we would all say he's a scumbag. So why why can't we say he's a scumbag here too? In other words, there's enough for me, I think, for us to hate this character. There's there's, there's nothing. I, I don't make... I don't hate him, but I just yeah I don't hate him. I don't like it. I, I, yeah, I have no reason to like him. His like children him. Are, are 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 upset, right? Even when we find out, like he's a big miss. It's not like he walks in, the kids know it uh, that he's got two families, and everyone's just fine and on board with it. It's it it upsets them to find out about it, and. Whatever you think of the kids, they're, they're again, they're kind of our point of view characters. And so when their first reaction about finding this out is kind of this anger, outrage, disbelief, it's going to make it harder for us to, to ever see his point of view. And we still don't know what the fuck is he doing, right? He was, <laughs> right. I was doing my job. I was, I was, I was following my mission or whatever he was trying, whatever his, 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 his wording was, right, when trying to summon Godzilla in the middle of the desert. What what was it? Why? What was so goddamn important that you faked your death, abandoned your children to get stumped on by Godzilla? Like you didn't you didn't come go to him afterwards and said, "Are you okay?" That that would have been a, a moment to show he actually gave a shit about his family. Right. Yeah. Well, and, um, and this is and that's my point. It, we don't need to see his point of view. Right. Because because he's a scumbag. We already know well, it. That's, that's and, the, and, and, and I know you guys to say you don't hate him, but I hate him. I think he's a scumbag. Yeah, but, but you hate characters all the time. I don't think he's a scumbag. I just think he made bad decisions. Why? I can't totally judge him because I don't know enough. Well, I'll say this. He's a, he's a, he's a fictional character. I, I can judge him, and they've done nothing to redeem him. And I, but I, my problem is I get a feeling, and I could I'll, be misreading I'll, it. I think there's but, enough for us to say he's a scumbag, Barrett. I, I mean, I just maybe, get a feeling that that's more that's, forgiving that's, than me is what I'm saying. But that, that, I think that, that, enough. I think they want us to understand his who he is. I think they want us to understand his point of view, and that's that's the problem I have. But but is that point of view is feel like there's is a narcissist? No no no. That's but I don't think they. I I honestly don't think that that's how the writers see him. Oh my god! They don't. I, I agree. Oh, you, and you know why? 
because those writers are narcissists themselves. Probably they're they're they're, they're probably jerks. I I don't, I don't want to go there. Well, I, I, you know what? You're, you're right. I mean, we don't know them, but 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 they, they obviously have some. They obviously don't understand uh, antagonists and protagonists and and whatnot. I mean, it's it's almost. Am I? I'm not saying it's as is equal to murder or pedophilia, but what this guy has done, all the things he's done, is is pretty pretty fucking bad. And for anybody to to make us feel sorry for a murderer or a pedophile. Versus, he's and, not a murderer or pedophile, and he's I, not as bad as a murderer or pedophile. Um, well, you know what? You know what? It's, some people w- would agree with you, but a lot of other people would say that he is because all the no, he's not. He's not. Created, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm saying he is. How is he a pedophile? I'm trying to understand. No, that. I didn't. I, You're I, saying I, he's badass. No, what I said, I said it's not as bad as a, a pedophile or a murderer. Oh, oh but, okay. But what he's done. Is pretty fucking awful, and and for for writers or anybody to make us feel sorry for him or understand his feelings, those people are sick, in my opinion, because they, well, because this is stupid. there are much worse things than being a bigamist. Now, him not caring about his family, I mean, that's not a great thing either. But there are definitely much worse well, people well, out there. No, well, no, I mean, he's not just cheated on it. On, he's he, he's he married someone else. With another, I mean, this, yeah, that guy, those, those are just societal norms, you know. But it, it isn't societal norm in Japan or in the United States. This guy is insane. No, I said bigamy is is not a societal norm. Marriage is a societal norm. <laughs> not everyone agrees with it. Oh, so, right, right. But he's with people that did think that, so and he kept it secret. That's what makes him bad. Not the fact that he's a bigamist, not that he has two wives. Well, I, 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 th- I, well, I think he, it, I think that's bad because again, it, it like it, it isn't in the Mormon community or, or Saudi Arabia. This, this, yeah. this is this is a guy that went behind the back of two people and and broke broke laws and. It's just gross, dude. I, I I don't I don't know what else to say. I, I I can't forgive it at all. It's just disgusting. It's one of those things I don't agree with, but it's not. I don't think that he scumbag for me is a very deep term. Like I don't know, it's not as deep as evil, but I don't. Oh, see, know here's the I, difference between like you talk about the uh, Mormons. The uh, Mormons. If, if it's traditionally, uh, and you, you, you could argue, yeah, well, I'm, like, I'm just talking about back in the day. I'm not. No, no, no. But I'm saying, but the, the the Mormons, like you, 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 you did it publicly, right? And everybody was in on it. So the husband and the multiple right. wives, all the wives were in on it. You weren't keeping they it knew. a secret behind their back, right? And and if, whatever you may think of a polygamous relationship, um. When you're when you're not being honest with your partner, and you know you're you're doing it as a secret, that's that's an issue. And I've, I've I don't know if I've mentioned it on the, on the podcast before, but I, I get sort of a Quentin Tarantino vibe here. Like, what is Tarantino famous for including in every one of his movies? A feet, right? Right, it's like like he's got this foot fetish, right? So here's a guy who writes a scene where his character gets to suck uh, Selma Hayek's toes. 
it's just it's weird and it's it's bizarre, but it's there. And then and when you the more you know it, the more you see it, you can't unsee it. And I just well, feel like it, it, it is Selma Hayek. But I get your point. Continue. Yeah, but he but he does it all right. around, right? And right. he didn't know that necessarily at the time the script was being written. He just wrote a, wrote a part where he got to suck off some woman's toes. And okay, that's a, that's a, that that that's it's a weird it's a kink it's a weird kink I'm not I'm not shaming I'm not kink shaming here, but but now it feels like they've they've done so much to try to justify this it's like and and I'm like I I don't I don't I don't see it I just um well and that's the thing they kind of ignore it too like if, he doesn't the son doesn't say anything about the situation itself like you had a daughter and I didn't even know about it yeah. Because he talks about his sister, he yeah. said, you know, about your sister, and it's like as if he even knew it was his sister more than ten minutes ago. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And, and then the father says, "You aren't supposed to ever know about your sister." And it's like, oh my god, this is so. This dialogue is so yeah. terrible. It's, it's, I don't it's know. just, it's just a terrible scene. It's just horrible. I mean, I like. It's a terrible scene from the from from for the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the son, uh, even though he didn't say enough to, the son was 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 it, it was just good. It was good on his his side. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so it was just it's just weird the whole thing. I, I, yeah, it is. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. So let's so, move on. We we we've beaten this horse to death. Yeah. In the previous <laughs> episodes, we're beating it to death here. Um. I kind of like a lot of the. I did like a lot of the early stuff. Um, the whole uh, journey to the center of the Earth bit, where they they build this machine with the uh, where, where they're coming out in the orange spacesuits, which felt very uh, much like something you would have seen in an in Close Encounters. Movie. Close Encounters. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I liked the fact, and I keep forgetting his name, the Colonel. Oh, uh, yeah, because of P. Puckett, I think. Yeah, Colonel Puckett. Puckett. I I actually really like... He's such a great character, dude. That, how they've been handling him and walking the fine line of not making him... Of making him an occasional antagonist because of his position and authority. And he has sometimes the one who has to bring the reality hammer down on our, our little group of idealists here. And, and, and he's not even an uh, antagonist because everything he says is... is Logical and correct, but he's an antagonist in the sense that it's against the characters that we're supposed to love. Right, but then when uh, when Shaw disappears, he's hurt by that. Yes, genuinely. he feels betrayed. He feels betrayed by by Shaw. Absolutely. Yep. My biggest problem with um, I, this with that part of the episode is that they again bring up the you're going to lose your funding thing. It, that's getting old as well. Because <laughs> we know Monarch continues. We don't know how, but we know it continues. That's so this, a really good point. This whole funding thing just is like a red herring that just bothers me. Well, right. it's, that, it's, that's it's not really because by, the, by 1972 or 73, they more or less have lost their funding. And that's where we get the connection to John Goodwin's character in Skull, in Skull Island. Is this is it, right? Right. This is where they've lost their money now. Maybe Skull, Skull Island puts them back into good graces, 
And this brings me back to why why did they ever make the series in the first place? I'm not saying I wish they hadn't made it. And I'm just some of this is it feels like are we were they trying to connect with things that were done in the films and fill in some gaps. Yeah. And maybe that's just being done as fan service. But this is to, I think, try to explain some of the things we've seen, like uh, the apex that uses that you know that that forms this relationship with Monarch that's eventually going to lead into the creation of Mechagodzilla, um, where we see Monarch come public, right? Because it went from a super secret organization in Skull Island, in King of the Monster, and in Skull Island and um, Godzilla. Uh, 2014 to being a public organization in King of the Monsters. Um, and, and, that they and, had and, and, no yeah. funding to us to yeah. to very well funded. But but I gotta say, even that is flawed, Mike, because like Kate doesn't even know what Monarch is, right? She sees the symbol during during the Godzilla attack in San Francisco. She's confused about it. She finds out her father has something to do with it, but it's not like like she knows that what Monarch is. It's it's like one of those companies that we've heard of in real life, but we don't no, really know. No, because it's a secret it. or because up until the Godzilla twenty fourteen it was a secret organization. And then in King of the Monsters, they're out there at a congressional hearing. And they probably yeah, are, congressional are, that, that's a fair point because it's the the woman, the French woman, says her public speech during this television series after the San Francisco attack. So you're right. Okay, that's a fair point. So, so, so my question is, why why did they go forward with this series? At least tell me it wasn't just to resolve the money, you know, money, money. Well, I know money, money, but why did they, but why did they tell? But why did they tell this series, this story, and was it just to resolve these little right. plot issues that exist between the four films? Because that's not a good reason to tell a story. Um, right. I am still kind of waiting ultimately for the point of this show. And there was one problem that it wasn't until they got to episode six, I think, right, where we find out that they're trying to stop G Day times a million, right? We're, we're, we're trying to stop these, um, these portals from erupting all over the world. And, okay, fine. Um, that, that took a while for us to get there. Uh, but but that's, that, that makes that, I think, problematic. Um, what, what's the purpose of this story in terms of the characters? Is it just serving a larger story, which is not going to make it a satisfying story? Um, fundamentally? Is what, what's 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 the end goal? What's the game? And of course, there's only one episode left. We will find out. Um, or we'll we? hopefully find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's it's because it's always possible that we we don't get one. Yeah. Right. So will Miyuri and all these characters now move to the next movie? Is this just a prequel to the next movie that that Adam Wingard is is directing? It looked like the people in the the movie are the ones that were in the last movie, not all of them, but 
So I didn't see yeah, I anybody seen, that I recognized from here. Right. We, ha- we haven't seen Kurt Russell or anything, um, you know, or, or any of these characters. And are, are, is uh, Keiko going to pop up? Is she a character in the movie that they managed to keep out of the trailers? Um, is, is there a plan to use her for something going forward? Uh, I, I have no idea. I, I've, I've, I really have no idea where they're going. And, and I don't, by the way, I don't need this to have a, I want to be clear, I don't need this to have a, a real place inside the, the, the MonsterVerse at large. I don't need this to completely and radically change how I see those stories or uh, for it to have some big tie into the, the forthcoming movie. I just want to know, within the story itself, amongst these characters, what's the point of the story? Right. Right. And, and I haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, standalone is all I care about because, like, like you, you know, uh, the Scream franchise, the, the two actresses that were supposed to star in the next film are, are gone now. And some people are uproar, well, other people like me, like, I don't care. I, I just want to see Ghostface. So here, it may be that it's, I feel the same way. It's like, I, I'm fine with this to just be a standalone, and I don't need it to really... I mean, I know it's part of the universe, but I don't need it to drastically change uh, the next movie uh, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, not that it matters, because uh, as, as Mike says uh, numerous times during these uh, episodes, I, I've always been poo-pooing of the movies anyway. I, I was already lost with a lot of the stuff. So, um I, I'm I, with you. I'm, your example is perfect. I mean, I'm with you on the Scream series. I just want to see Ghostface. Now, it doesn't mean that I think it's not complicated because they removed those actors and the director that were finally bringing a little bit more success back to the series. Um, but I just want to see Ghostface. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well. Right. Right. Because I don't. I don't think. I don't think. They need these this storyline to continue to, uh, you know, Ghostface can appear anywhere with any any group of people, and it doesn't always have to go all the way back to Nev Campbell's character, especially since Ghostface is a, a, a rotating people that play Ghostface. But for here, the, the, you know, one of these characters are, are are gone, and we never see them again because now it's, I'm curious is Miura if she's still alive and she's still thirty eight years old or whatever age she's supposed to be, you know, technically her character could be a main character in the next, you know, three films if they wanted to. Uh, but if they don't bring her back or or Kurt Russell back or any of these other characters back, um, I, I don't think it, it affects the, the MonsterVerse series at all. Um, no, I think the, the problem I have um, is that I think – at the moment, it's more of a disservice to her character by bringing her back. I think her character worked better as for the story as being this tragic thing hanging over Shaw's head the entire time. And Great. and and also hanging over Randa's head and the Randa's Randa family. And and it's really what propels everything in the story because you know, it's um it's it's, it's it's Randa's loss is what remember because we do start the series off with John Goodman, right? Yeah. So his and we find out what what drove him, right? What yeah. drove him yeah. to sort of be so desperate and and it's the fact that he lost the two people he cared most about, 
uh, to all of this, and and on all and then and and the fact that he is that he hasn't lost any of them. They're, they're right. just hiding all along, which makes it tragic. And but to do it with both of the characters, she she was the one that started the series off and was was with her death, and it and it and it gave an uh, an overarching narrative to the entire series. And now, well, nope, she's not really dead. Surprise! Oh, not <laughs> or not cheapened... surprise because we knew no, they we're were not surprised. <laughs> but you, but you, you cheapened the, you cheapened the, that emotional arc, um, yep. and you, and 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 for what reason? What is the? She is not the chosen one. She is not Gandalf. What what's the purpose of bringing her back? And if you could just fall through with the, in the, there, then I mean, all of the testing they did to get these machines that they could go down in just seems really dumb and it kind of negates what they found you know with the reverse gravity thing yep yeah I, I don't know Mike um, I, you know some of the I mean these things happen all the time where, where these characters it's like why are they still alive and, and it wasn't necessary and, and was it a, a drastic and unbelievable um, storyline. No, because we like like you said, Barrett. We predicted it. So I I don't know. It, it's just I just uh, want to know what the benefit to bringing her back is. Right. I, and I I don't know what it is uh, unless it's to just have um, Shaw and her see each other for the first time in twenty something years for him, or forty something years for him, and two hours for her, or three days for her. And because I mean, I can't. I, I know seriously. Is is it like three days for her, or is it actually years, like five years, and or so? I don't. Know, the whole the whole science doesn't work. But either way, they haven't. And Shaw hasn't seen her for a long time, and. Was that the whole point of the series? Was to have him go full circle, and even then, what's 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 the the main point except to get a dramatic emotion from the audience? Maybe I I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I'm confused. I mean, even if I were, if you were to ask me, you know, is there a theme to the series? Like, is there an underlying theme? I I don't know what it would be. I don't either. Right. And again, you don't necessarily need it, right? I mean, a lot of those Godzilla films in the 60s and 70s were just trash fun. But at least they didn't take them so seriously. Here, I, I, I don't know. Are they going to suddenly bring up uh, – um, we keep, not, must keep the balance between the underworld and the, the regular world because of the environment. Or – or women scientists deserve the same pay as men. Or I, I mean, I don't know what 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 the bigger story arc is that they're gonna they're gonna try to say. You know, or minority uh, people of color. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Or or, or, or LGBT. Well, I think there's, there's I mean, you can make an what, argument. What is, what is it? I think it's. I mean, I think the argument would be that somewhere the theme is family, but the or maybe found okay. family. But I, I don't. I think if that's the case, I feel like they've they've botched the theme a bit. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, okay, the family—that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, but again, as I always say, you know, you know, that would have been good if this was 
a an original series or original universe. Well, not when I say series or universe, I mean original uh, intellectual property. But since they're going with Godzilla and King Kong and whatever else, we don't need any of that. Um, well, but they know, did it. Well, but see, I'll disagree because they did it with Godzilla minus one, right? I, there was knew, a I, knew, I knew you. I knew you were going to say that. But the difference was that story. Well, I mean, technically, you could say this story too. But but that story, it was really the Kamikaze story. It, it that it wasn't a Godzilla movie. It was really the Kamikaze movie. Well, none Godzilla, of the movies in the MonsterVerse have been Godzilla's story, right? They've all yeah, had a yeah. human protagonist at the center. They just um, they, they just suck compared to the one in Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, they, had, they just haven't they just haven't been well written. Um, you certainly had the the, the, the character. Um, I can't remember his name. Actually, you can argue for King of the Monsters and for uh, the Godzilla 2014. You can make an argument that there was a uh, maybe like a survivor's guilt thing that they could have got gone with, right? Because you had the the son who survived his father's death. You have the husband who survived his, his wife's death. Um, not his wife just was it? No, his wife didn't die. His wife was a crazy person. Yeah, she was in mentally insane. She was. Now there, there, there's a person that was behavioral that was health the Oh, there, there was yeah. you know, something about community. Something, something, something. Communication it was probably king of the monsters because they had the device that allowed them to talk to the kaiju. Um, right. But you know, you can work. You can work themes in 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 there. That theme doesn't have to be anything complicated. You know, it could be love conquers all. It could be family, as ten Fast and Furious movies have have, have given us. Um, but I just don't know what they're saying about or trying to say about any of it, and partly right. because I think some of it's been confused. Right. But you know, sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes you just need a fun movie that's you eat with popcorn. Yeah, but they're not. But they're not going there, right? They're, that's not <laughs> what they're telling us. Right. That, that was. That's not the option that they chose to take. Yeah, you're right. They take themselves way too seriously here. Unfortunately, the characters. That I don't they, say they take themselves too seriously, but they're 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 taking themselves seriously, so they're not doing just goofy fun. And yeah. when you're doing just goofy fun, you're more willing to forgive things. Um, right. you know, certain right. certain lapses of logic. Um, well, you don't you don't have to just have have something that's goofy. You could you could just have a, a fun, entertaining film as well. You know, I mean. Yeah. But so I'm run, wondering about the timing of things. So Pacific Rim has a similar idea, like there's a hole to another universe, and creatures are coming through it, and they're finding those creatures. Yeah. Which came first, the Hollow Earth? The Hollow Earth seems to have developed into something like that. But it doesn't seem like it was that in the beginning. That, oh no, I, I'm convinced that when they started this series, they they were making it up as they went along. I don't think they. Well, and sat I wonder down. if Pacific Rim influenced it at all, you know, because it's a very similar idea. It, it may have Pacific Rim. Obviously, Godzilla and actually Kong came first, and Godzilla. Um, and the idea of a Hollow Earth, the Hollow Earth theory, has been around forever. Uh, as as pseudoscientific quackery. Um, Journey to the set of the of Jules Verne's. Yeah, and, and that's and, and, and you get that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I I think they they Godzilla 2014 did well enough that they were like, let's 
let's run and make our, our monster universe. Right. And I think what Barrett is asking is, was it all planned to have the center Earth with Godzilla when that never was a thought ever in the history of any of these Kajus? I think that was the plan. I think that was the plan. Skull Island was the first one that was really that was really aware of the fact that there was going to be a monster verse. Well, I don't mean monster verse. I mean the center of the universe, center of the Earth. Bit. Yeah, no, um, I'm saying, so I don't think they had it worked out beyond that. I think they just right, right, needed right. a place that, where the yeah. monsters to come from, and so we'll go with this Hollow Earth theory. And uh, I think but, it's just, but I, I, originally, they could have just gone and said it was this, this island in the Pacific named Kong Island that no one knew existed. That's where I, I was hoping they would stay. Yeah, but you weren't going to be getting these, these skyscraper-sized monsters all on one one Kong Island, right? Kong has to be the the head honcho the alpha, of Skull right. Island, right? right. That, that's just that's you got to do it, right? Just like you know, Batman has to be in Gotham City. Kong right. has to be the, the the head of Skull Island. Um, well, they, they could have had them all smaller, and then the radiation made them bigger, or, or, or whatever. But it's just I just, they didn't they they, the they idea, didn't go that route. They didn't go Pacific Rim came first. Skull Island tried to give them a framework. That would they, they could use to tie everything together, um, and then they just kept running with it with each, with each movie. And like I know, I, I don't know uh, that Godzilla versus Kong was being uh, was being developed and being filmed before King of the Monsters was even released. So they they did not have necessarily time to get all their ducks in a row and get everything pre-planned. They they did this on the fly. They they yeah, did it on my guess, yeah. As a rush, and I, I think the, the the seams are definitely very visible. And, yeah, and again, yeah, there's a there is yeah. there's supposedly enough deleted footage for a five hour Godzilla vs. Kong film. Now it doesn't mean that a lot of it's just not alternate takes and 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 whatnot. But there's like five hours worth of footage of Godzilla vs. Kong, which ended up being a two hour movie. Uh, so there was a lot that ended up on the cutting room floor. There was a lot. Um, that was left, and we've we've noticed. So, for example, the Doctor Serizawa was an important character in both King of the Monsters and Godzilla 2014. His son is in Godzilla vs Kong, uh, but you would be forgiven for missing it. Um, why would they include his son, who's going to just be killed off, sitting as the pilot to uh, to Mechagodzilla? Probably had a bigger story arc, and they decided to nix it and more or less wrote the character out of the series. Right. What was their plan for it? Who knows? Right, right. You know, whatever yeah, happened to Charles yeah. Dance's character? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Good question. He sold the uh, Gator ahead to Apex, which did not at all feel like where they were going with that story arc. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, that, you remember you said you you were wondering or even saying maybe they shouldn't bring Ghidorah back, but maybe they will now. Uh, or maybe they were planning on it, and then King of the Monsters didn't do as well as they thought it would, and so they abandoned that idea. Um, right, but it had nothing to do with King, King Ghidorah. It had to do with the story itself. But but yeah, who knows what they're thinking? The people that make the nixes. Well, let's well let's just throw out the Ghidorah thing. He must have. 
been a bad or something. I don't know. Who knows what what they were thinking. Um. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm convinced it's the same. I I, I feel that it was just something that they were trying to create. You know, you know, once you have the Star Wars universe and Star Trek universe do so well, everybody wants universes, and so they say, All right, how can we make a universe? And you know, well, no, the one that did it was Marvel. Marvel is the one that that because Marvel had a very interconnected. Star Wars was. A series of films. You know, it was three films, and, and, and nobody really cared much about well, well, the rest yeah. of it. And then three more films. No, it was I, I, the I Marvel got, doing right, multiple me, films in a year. I, I, let me rephrase. I'm sorry. What, what I meant was making a uh, franchise. So I should have used that word instead of universe. But uh, becoming a franchise is huge. And then, like you said, the the universe is when you take characters from the same quote-unquote world and you just merge them together. And then, you, you're right, Marvel did it well originally anyway. And, well, that uh, was the one, well, well, that was the one that everybody was copying. That's why yeah, you, they tried yeah. doing a dark universe it's for, with, for the universal monsters. It's why they, you know, they, they tried a number of different things to, to, to create um, – people have plans of making their own – series of interconnected universes and um most of them didn't work out well yeah. partly because they were trying to, to catch up and rush rush it in a way that marvel hadn't um right and even that's kind of backfiring now because now marvel is kind of in a position where it was rushing things and putting out too much product at once right right and maybe the wrong product too but but either way, the the point is, is that you're right. That my, uh, everybody wanted to get their own franchise slash universe um, and whatnot, and, and and this is kind of like that too. Um, it hasn't been as successful. Marvel's has been successful and, and brought minor characters or, or characters that were only well known to a select group of people and made them, you know, internationally famous now, as big as you know Superman and 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 Wonder Woman are for DC. So out here, you know, everybody knows Godzilla, but like you, we said in last week's episode, this this universe isn't going to make people go, everybody in the world know who King Ghidorah and Mothra are necessarily. Um, you know, while everybody knows who Black Panther is and Iron Man is now, or, you know, and Thor. So it it, it hasn't been as successful. Uh, probably well, the problem is none of these people go into these things expecting to fail. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I sure um, hope not. <laughs> right. So when people say, "Well, why why do they keep?" I, I saw somebody post about this today. Say, so and say, "Why do they keep making these movies?" Well, and, and you can apply that. And, and people came back with, "Well, they keep making these, and they keep making those." It's well, part of it is that the these movies have generally not been that good financially in terms of the box office, but they did well enough and they all made a killing, I'm assuming, on merchandise. And so sure. as long as you, you can come close to profitability, the merchandising stuff pulls you over the line. And so they haven't lost money, even if they've been relatively disappointing from the box office point of view. Um, and then right. you get something like the like the, the DC films, well, why would they keep making it when it was dead? It's like, well, because they didn't realize it was dead until they'd already had these four other films, you know, that were, were in development and almost done. You know, something like the Flash film was more or less done and then had to keep going back for reshoots. 
Uh, yeah. And then they had a problem with, with the, the lead, obviously, too. Right, and and that's, uh, that had been sitting on the shelf for, for over a year. Um, and then you were just stuck. You were stuck with these films that you you either ate ate them as a loss, or you try to get the money back in the at the uh, at the theaters. You're right, and that's just kind of what happens. It's like when is that you run forward because things are looking great, and you get get over ambitious, and then by the time you realize that your project isn't working out as planned. It's you're 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 overcommitted to so many other projects, and it's too late to pull out of it, and they come kind of come out to not very good applause. Like um, there were plans for doing like a Dungeons and Dragons TV series before that movie bombed. Right. Um, yeah, before contended didn't bomb. Well, it, it had a, it had a great first week, though not as big as they hoped, and then right. And then the word of mouth, it just never, never, it never materialized, and it and it was ran up against like the Mario movie ended up being way stronger competition than anyone expected. Uh, then after six weeks, it hit digital, um, yeah. and that and that pretty much killed any chance of it having some legs. Yeah, there, there was there's a few films like the Mission Impossible films, another one that everybody's putting on their top ten list. Um, and and that was quote unquote a, a box office. Did, did the too. Dungeons and Dragons movie make money over its budget? Uh, no, no, it did not. It, it its budget was pretty up there, and with all the marketing, it still had to make like a half a mil, million, a billion, billion, yeah. half a billion dollars. And unfortunately, I think it only grossed like eighty million. Maybe the first week, maybe even less. Uh, but uh, I think it was like forty million the first week. Yeah, maybe right. And and they thought it was going to be one of those films that would have legs because of word of mouth. But um, I guess you know fantasy is still a niche, and and so it didn't get the 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 legs that ran that they had hoped. Well, and D and D is even more niche than just plain fantasy. And, right. and yeah, and, and, but the thing is, is, is that a lot of that's mainstream now, right? But but I think the problem with that film, even though it was a good film, is that it was still too jokey. You know, I was hoping it would be more like like Dragon Slayer. Um, yeah, I wanted I wanted you know something serious too. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. exactly. You know, or, or or you know, Japanese. There's a Japanese anime called Demon Slayer. That's pretty fucking awesome. And and I was hoping it would go dark like that. You know, but instead it was kind well, of like a mar- it was a Marvel film in, in the Dungeons and Dragons world, which is fine. But they did it's not good. market but, it falsely. I can say that they did show they, they, that it was going to be did. jokey. Right, so right. that might not have appealed to people. So that you're right, that right. might be a reason why it didn't do it. And well. yet, yeah. I keep seeing everyone who's like, "Oh man, I missed it in theaters, but it was so good." I have, I like, I'm seeing nobody saying anything bad about the movie. Which exactly. Is weird to yeah. me. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, no one's saying bad things about the Mission Impossible film either. And that. that oh, that movie was, was a, great. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's in two. Yeah. 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 So it's it's just these weird anomalies. Uh, there's a lot of films like that that have great reviews that don't pull out the box office, and then there's crappy films that get a lot of box office. And you know, it, it, I mean, and you know, the Barbie film is a pretty decent film, but when it first came out, I I read enough stuff that it was said it was yeah it was decent, but as it became a billion dollar film, it's now considered 
more than decent. That is, it's unbelievable. And you know, and and things change. You know, things change. change. It's unbelievable that it made that much money. In my opinion, I mean, it's a good film. Is right. it better than the Mission Impossible film? I don't think so. But right, you know, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it's it's whatever. You know, whatever things catch on and things don't. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. And like Mike said, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Everybody still says it's a great film. Uh, and they liked it, even though maybe it would have been a box office success if it was more like Game of Thrones, you know, dark and and all that. You know, think, think yep. of the dark, the, the Game of Thrones type of feel in a all fantasy world. And I think I think that would have been fucking awesome, even better. But but I also think you that you particularly have an issue with humor in movies. Um, Yes, I do. So, so, yeah, I'm saying, but that's, and, and, that's and, not, and, but that's not most films, people. And films that are supposed to be serious. You know, well, I'm not depends saying, on how you define supposed to be serious. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think right. Dungeons and Dragons is necessarily supposed to be serious, but it would definitely drive a different audience if it yeah. were serious. Right. Um, right. And I don't well, that, think that – I think that you're really appealing to the smallest niche of the Dungeons and Dragons players when you just make a comedy. That's what right, I'm but, saying because because if they everybody saw before Dungeons and Dragons came out that Game of Thrones was a monster and that was fucking dark, and then they said, well, you know what? What's and the then and then you got the last season where it was so dark you couldn't see what was going on on screen. <laughs> a <couple> yeah, of <laughs> yeah. But but on a serious note, my point is is that <laughs> dark it was like the Christopher Nolan thing with the Batman films. Oh, dark! It's 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 good, you know. And and then for some reason things. I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, don't, I don't. It has know. to. It has to fit the property. You know, yeah. doing Dark Superman didn't didn't really work. Um, right. dark because Batman that's not a character. Or a dark, but dark Batman Dungeons makes sense. And a Dark Dungeons and Dragons makes sense too. You I don't know. really consider Duper Superman movie dark, but I mean, I guess it is. Um, but I had no problem with it. Well, dark, serious. It was. It was okay. But it's. It's. You have to find the right tone for the right film. Right, right. Well, but, but you can, you can, uh, you know, like the original Superman was great. The one with Glenn Ford and Marlon Brando and all that. That was a great film. It's really weird that you started with Glenn Ford. I really like the Henry Cavill one. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is interesting that I thought. Yeah, you right. don't start with with Christopher Reeve, with Margot Kidder, with Gene Hackman, or even Marlon Brando. You start with Glenn, with Glenn Ford. Hey, Glenn Ford was a great actor. I don't care what anybody thing he's said. not, but I just. It's, it's not like that's the movie he, he was, he's, he's known for, right? That That is true. You're right. It's not the movie he's known for. That, that's right. That's like me saying, talking about the, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I mentioned Cliff Robertson. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, 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 fair point, fair point. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, anyway, anyway. We, we, we've ventured very far afield. I have a feeling we're going to talk more about the box office on this Thursday's uh episode of the Dark Discussions podcast, which is our year in review wrap-up uh, yeah. as we go through our, our best of list. Um, yeah. Because there, there's a lot of weird things about the box office this year. Um, and films in general. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. And we'll, we'll probably have something to say about it, whether Eric likes it or not. <laughs> true. 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 <laughs> that is true. That is true. <sighs> yeah. The past is when I say, so Eric, what's your opinion? He goes, oh, my opinion is that I'm just waiting for you guys to stop talking about this so we can talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Eric for you. Done a bump. Anyway, uh, um, all right, so uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got for this episode here. 
I mean, I, I hope this episode of this podcast doesn't uh, upset people because there was a lot of tangents and there was a lot of discussion on, on specific scenes and, and, and a lot of negative stuff. In it. But I, I don't – not negative to beat it, but negative is in uh, simply disappointing. It didn't um, feel like a penultimate episode, let's be honest. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's 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 thumbs up. That, I, I concur with that. Mike, would you concur with that? Yeah, I just think it's – I mean, there was I, some I think, nice character stuff in here. Um, like I said, I like the fact that they – some of it was corrective, like giving Kentaro a spine again. Um, yeah. But a lot of it was, you know, we kind of knew where it was going, and they're also – and that reveal at the end was, like, not a reveal. It was, like, oh, ho-hum. And, like, ugh, Yes, know. exactly. Oh, they and went then, there. And, 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 and then Mike saying she's a survivor in, in, in like, yes. three, day, three days. It's like, she's oh Rambo God. now. Yeah. But I, I want to see I how much time has passed for her. And are the, and is there any – is there going to be any – if she's been there for months or years, or there, is there going to be any attempt to explain – why it was 20 years for for a few hours for Kurt Russell, but, you know, months for, for or years for her when it's, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah. And, and and I always say this during the Dark Discussions podcast, it's, it's another th- typical Phil thing like Cluster B. And I say, and of course they make the character a superhero. You know, and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Every frigging character has to suddenly become a superhero. Not everybody has to be Sarah Carter. Not everybody yeah. has to be Sarah Connor, for Christ's sakes. Ah. But they go there. It is what it is. Anyway, um, all right. So uh, before we get into our final thoughts on this episode here, we do have the Kaiju of the Week. And that's your turn, Mike. And you said it was an interesting. I will know what it is, but it's never been in film. Or yeah, so the Kaiju of the Week. It never was actually in theaters, um, and, and was originally. It is probably one of the most expensive deleted scenes ever made at that point, um, and it's uh, Audrey Two from Little Shop of Horrors. Now, if you've hmm. never, if you've ever seen Little Shop of Horrors, it's a, or if you've never seen it, rather, Audrey Two is a talking man-eating plant who basically manipulates this nerdy botanist uh flower shop clerk uh by to to feed him people in order to get his the money and women of women of his dreams and it's a musical uh directed by frank oz fantastic puppetry on the creature by the jim henson shop i believe um rick moranis stars ellen green stars steve martin bill murray uh, Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops provides the voice of Audrey to the, the killer plant. Not to spoil anything, but it was a, it, the 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 movie ends with uh, Seymour defeating Audrey too, and you may be thinking, well, Audrey too is not a kaiju. Audrey too only right. got to be about twelve feet tall. Well, that was the reshot ending, and even in theaters, I could tell there was a weird jump cut in the story that felt, you know, sixteen years old and watching the theaters like that felt off. That didn't feel like that's how that was supposed to end. And sure enough, there was an alternate ending where Audrey 2 kills off our main character uh, and grows to immense size, propagates, and a whole slew of Audrey of these giant killer plants do what no other kaiju has ever done and take over the world. 
Um, and awesome. it is a it was a fully shot scene. You can find it online. Um, uh, and you have scenes of like the of the giant plants, uh, like on top of the of uh, the, the the Statue of Liberty. Um, and, and rampaging across the world. And it's a film that I've always really liked, and I just love the ending. I understand it's the, the dark ending may not quite fit the tone of the rest of the film. I understand why they changed it. But I actually really love that ending of the film. Um, it, it's some really great kaiju stuff for that five-minute sequence that's there. And I urge people, if you're a fan of a kaiju, just, just go look that up. And 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 take a look because uh, it, it's a it's a neat scene and it's got some good stuff in it. Now I've always been curious why is it called Audrey Two? Because he's in love with Audrey, and so he names the plant after her. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah. So and I, an Audrey Junior would have been weird. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so you're talking about the 1986 one rather than the Jack Nicholson. Rather than the Jack Nicholson one, yeah, from Roger Corman movie from 1968 or so. Right, right. Interesting. All right, very well. Um, I may have to check it out. Go search on YouTube for it. Just that scene. Just look for alternate ending for Little Shop of Horrors. Nice. Did that ever come on one of the discs? Or was it it is. Something? If you buy, if you buy, I'm sure it's in probably standard. I know they came out with it on DVD. Uh, and this is one of those things that I'd always heard about, um, but never saw. And, and there's no director's cut because this was before director's cuts were were cool that they could redo it. No, they, they, they there, there was it was never released in theaters. I think I know the ending is there. I can't remember if they actually put the original ending into the film as a director's cut or not or was just as a bonus scene on the disc. But I'm pretty sure the discs probably have it now. And again, if not, you can always watch it on YouTube. Right, right. That's one of those interesting films that um, got very mixed reviews when it first came out, but reevaluated. It's, it's in the high 90s right now. It's kind of funny how that works. Yeah, it was actually nominated for two Academy Awards, uh, Song and Best Special, Special Effects. Oh, the effects are fantastic. The oh, um, yeah, oh my god, the, yeah, the 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 creature was absolutely great, and I and Henson and, and this is I'm reading right from Wikipedia said that uh, he thought Oz did an amazing job to link sync link sync the lip-sync. yeah link lip sync the the monster with the with the voice actor. Well, what the incredible thing is, in, and in there's my no opinion, computer graphics back then, right? This is all. Oh yeah, no CGI. Is yeah, that yeah. they they. <laughs> Filmed it in slow motion, right? So, so everybody in, because they couldn't do the creature in full speed, so they just filmed it in slow motion, had everybody act at like half speed, and perform at half speed. The lip syncing was done at half speed, and then they just sped the film up. Right, and that's what ends up giving it this very lifelike fluid movement, in a way that doesn't make it feel quite like a puppet. Right. That's pretty awesome. All right, so that's a, that's an interesting uh, scene. So if, uh, folks can go check that out. I, I know people may say, "I wanted to hear real kaiju's," but again, we're we're trying to bring in uh, creatures that are a little lot more obscure. Because you know, that's like saying, uh, "Who's your who's 
you know, when you say superhero and, you, and everybody just says Batman and Wonder Woman or, or the Hulk, you know, you want to want to pick the, the obscure stuff, you know, get 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 a, some some originality to it. So that was a good pick, Mike. I, I like it. What do you think, Barry? Do you think that was a good one? Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Something yeah. unexpected, but yeah. still fits what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that means I'm the Kaiju of the week next week. You're the final one. Yeah, yeah, and it may actually be our final episode for the season. So uh, we'll, then we'll take a hiatus. Um, so next week we'll talk about the finale as well as our general thoughts for the whole season and what we may think will happen in season two if they do decide to do a season two. Again, there, there has been no notification, uh, which is a curiosity because a lot of shows like Halo and One Piece, it was, they were like almost immediately greenlit for season twos. But this one, there there's, has been nothing um, stated. So that that's not necessarily a good thing because I remember when HBO had um, Lovecraft Country and they never would say if there's going to be a season two, though we pretty much understood why because that show was absolutely horrible. Um, so when they finally said like four months later that, yeah, there's no season two, it's been canceled, no one was surprised. Um, here, <laughs> th- this this is a little different in the sense that it's it's Godzilla. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, it's part of an existing property that you would expect to yeah. have another one. Right. And I know what you said, Mike, maybe it's too expensive – uh, or maybe the the viewership wasn't what they were hoping um, and stuff. And, and as you mentioned, each Monster Universe movie se- seems to have uh, dropped off a little bit too. So, so maybe people are, uh, are uh, you know, the original fans that would have seen a, a series like this have kind of been turned away from maybe some of the stuff in, in prime movies. Again, this is all... Um, assumptions or, or just things I'm throwing out. I have no idea. Um, but again, it is odd that season two has not been announced for such an intellectual property as, as a Godzilla TV show. I could imagine I them waiting to see, because all the streaming services are kind of in a weird place right now, because I think they realize they've all committed to a financial structure that might not make any sense. Um and that even goes to Apple TV. They may be waiting to see how the numbers work on this, what terms they can negotiate on a contract, and they may also be waiting to see exactly what happens with um, with the, the Godzilla Loves Kong film coming out. Well, and how does yeah. Apple make those decisions? Are they, like, on the ball with those, or are they usually take longer than other streaming services? That I don't know. Yeah, well, and, 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 and to be honest, maybe it doesn't hurt to, to sit and wait, because if they do announce – that it's canceled in four months, it won't be as jarring or as a news story. And if they do announce it four months from now, that may be a pop of extra news that wasn't expected too. And also, as as Mike just mentioned, you know the, the other movies coming out, so they may want to see how that does. Never mind, um, you know, like Disney and Hulu are about to become one. Uh, streaming service in, in like a month and a half from now, so they may be they want to see where that's going. And then, of course, there's even rumors that Apple Plus may buy out uh, Disney completely. So, who, who as knows? a person who pays for Hulu and Disney, I want to know how that's going to work out for me. <laughs> I want to know if I'm getting a refund. Right, exactly. Or am I going to only pay fifteen dollars a month? I have both of them right now. <laughs> 
Right. Well, and you know, it's funny too, is, is that I was reading people saying, well, it's going to be interesting because how are they going to have Disney Plus and Hulu together? Because Hulu is as R-rated material and all this other stuff. But right now, when you, and this is a fact, Disney has R-rated material. Yeah, because, they do. Because I was looking for Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, and, and I brought it up for the kids. And as I'm typing in Lion, the, the L word comes up, the series. <laughs> on Disney Plus, and that—that's—that's that's our. And well, that's because they—they've already started you know? moving the the or, or have moved. I don't know if it's a process or something yeah. that they've they've finished, but the 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 Hulu stuff onto Disney. Yeah, so, so there you go. So they're already prepping it. They're already started because, like I, I've noticed. Uh, this weekend, a lot of our stuff was popping up when I'm typing in words on Disney Plus, and and it's not like um, there's a there's an adult user like like in Hulu, you can have the, the adult and Paramount and all those. You can have the adult user, and then you have the kids user, and the kids just get all the kids shows. You know, even even Tubi, I'm I'm searching for nine to five, and I can't find it, even though it's supposed to be there. And then I noticed that, oh, it's under my daughter's name, Colette. Let me switch the user back to mom and dad. And when I do that, boom, 9 to 5 pops up. So, and that's not even really that bad of a film, but it's, you know, PG and probably PG-13 if it was released today. So, um, but either way, that, that's on the side thing. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I, I'm thinking maybe they're not gonna, it's going to be canceled because I, it's kind of hard me to believe that they're not announcing it. But again, as you said, Mike, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the streaming and in the theater experience that may make them want to wait and see before they announce anything. Either way. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week um, uh, when we talk about our thoughts on what is coming next for Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters, if anything at all. Um, all right, so uh, let's give our final thoughts on this episode here. So uh, let's start with you, Mike. Mike? Do we lose Mike? Mike! Maybe he has no thoughts at all on this, on the, on this episode. <laughs> Cat probably stepped on the button again. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we'll start with you then, Barrett. And then we'll we'll go to me, and then we'll do Mike last. Assuming he he can still hear us and come back. So yeah. Barrett, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are the same as when we began this episode. It's a mediocre episode. It is definitely not a penultimate episode, in my opinion. It's all my opinion. Um, I think they could have done a much better job. There were no surprises, and they try to make us like characters that are completely unlikable, and that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, Mike, it just dropped. I just saw him disappear, so something happened with his machine. But either way, uh, for me, uh, yeah, I concur 100%. I'm, I'm a little less forgiving of the characters of uh, the father. I think he's just a complete scumbag. Um, but, you know, that's just, just my feelings. And, again, it's a fictional character, so it doesn't matter. I mean, if it was a real character. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, would, it would be horrendous. But, oh, no, <laughs> um, you know, it's not a fun bad, fun, bad character like Cersei's or even Daenerys or... or no, like, it's not. And yeah. she did she did incest, so... Right. You know, it's a, that's, like, that's he's true. still worse. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. You know, uh, 
because in theory, this guy lives in a, in a world that is supposed to be a moral code, while in Game of Thrones, people just do whatever they want. Um, right. But in, uh, either way, um, yeah, so I'm right there with you, Barrett. It's it's everything you said 100%, uh, 100% back. back. Um, now, Mike has disappeared on us, so uh, we'll have to say bye for him. But before we do say bye to you folks, uh, Barrett, what's that other podcast that me, you, Mike, and co-host Eric do, and we're actually recording on Thursday, our 2023 wrap-up episode? That is the Dark Discussions podcast, the main mothership, uh, where we do all things horror-related, mostly. I would say probably 95% horror-related. Once in a while, something else will get in there, but not very often. That's a fair point. Yeah, like like, like we did The Martian as an episode, and that's not really horror, but it was kind of uh, a cool Dark Discussions episode. And, and we did uh, the first Wonder Woman film. But generally, and we do a lot of thrillers too. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's dark films mostly, and a lot of the dark films turn out to be horror films. Um, and uh, what's that other podcast that me and you do? And then we have uh, a group of rotating co-hosts that join us at, at sometimes, or it's just me and you sometimes too. What's that all about? The Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Um, that is where we talk about a lot of things that wouldn't make dark discussions. Either they're not as, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say as well-known, but there's just some films that we we don't do on dark discussions because they just there's so many films to do, <laughs> so sometimes they'll fall to, to Halloween boutique, um, and sometimes we'll do writers, directors. We do all sorts of things. We reviewed The Stand by Stephen King, so we'll do books as well. Um, th- those are pretty fun because we did that in tandem with its miniseries, so that was a, that was one of my favorite things that we did so far on there. Right. Oh, we did the, the case of Charles Dexter Ward, I think. And, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was and, cool and too. We, yeah, and then we did uh, uh, the Whisper in the Darkness. And we did that. Um, oh, what's the name? It turned into a movie. Oh, oh, uh, the Res- Resurrectionist or the Reincarnationist? Yeah, Reincarnation, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was really fun too, and it became a Mark Wahlberg movie. So, yeah, we've yeah, done a right. lot of cool things on that yeah. show. Sure have, sure have. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, what's the other podcast that we just wrapped up? Uh, another TV series. Oh, Hancock and the One Piece. Uh, we this we're going to be doing the second season for sure. I'm I pretty sure everybody that was on that podcast wants to do it again. It's based on the One Piece Netflix show, live action, uh, based on the One Piece anime, uh, and it is. I can already say it's my. Best of genre TV series from last year. So, yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, so that was pretty good. Uh, and then uh, there's a Cinema a la Carte podcast that I mean, Mike and Eric do on uh, that Eric created that podcast. And what we do on that podcast is uh, uh, me, Mike, and Eric each episode choose a different film to talk about, and it doesn't. It can be any type of film. So we've done. Um, even a Disney film, uh, a Pixar film, uh, Inside Out. Uh, but we've done a Western, the, the, which is called The Hostels, starring um, uh, uh, Chris, Christian Bale. And then uh, we've done a bunch of uh, Tom Cruise films, coincidentally, uh, including Collateral and Jack Reacher and Risky Business. And then we've done uh, science fiction fun films as well, like Flash Gordon and The Forbidden Planet. And then we've done a bunch of 
throw a, a drama type films as well. Uh, we've done dramas like In the Bedroom, Michael Clayton, Style It, uh, among other films as well. So uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Oh, Thirteen Monkeys, Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, Thirteen Monkeys we did too. Yeah, Poseidon Adventure. Was Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, I keep on saying Thirteen. Uh, thirteen is the Thirteen is for the sequel. Yeah, and 13 is Taylor Swift's favorite number, so there's my Taylor Swift reference tonight. And, uh, Mike, your final thoughts on tonight's episode of uh, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters. It, and it really didn't do anything wrong, but for some reason it just didn't grab me. Um, and I think partly because it, it it felt like the setup to the finale. Um, like I said, I think there was some nice character stuff that was done early in the episode, but Anything big and dramatic it just wasn't quite working for me, um, and I, I and I am really at the point now where I want to know: is has there been a point to this beyond momentary entertainment? And by which I mean, as a thematically for these characters, are they telling a single coherent story with a point? And I don't know, and I'm curious to see if they are. Indeed, indeed. And uh, for a couple of information is uh, the Halo TV series is coming out. Uh, looks like we're going to be doing season two for that podcast. We have a podcast for Halo. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Cortana's Communiques. Communiques. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, in April, uh, the, the Fallout TV series comes out on Amazon Prime, and uh, maybe we'll do that. We'll, we'll talk it over as we get closer, depending on – what people feel, because I know, Mike, you're a big fan of uh, that series of video games, and I am too, and it may be an interesting uh, podcast discussion if, if, if people have time and, and want to do it. Um, and then, of course, the, as Barrett mentioned earlier, the Doc Discussions podcast, uh, they can hear every week. Um, all right, so that's our feelings on uh, the episode, so next week uh, uh, we'll be back too. So uh, let me see here. Next week's episode is coming out. Uh, it says January 12th, but that means January 11th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Called Beyond Logic, written by Chris Black, and the director is to be announced. And I, I honestly have no idea why this TV show doesn't release the director uh, all at once, like they released the, the writers. It's kind of strange, but who knows what that means. It's not like any of these directors are like going to drive up press. Uh, no disrespect to them, but they're not like household names. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So, uh, Mike, with all that stated, why don't you lead us out? Okay, well, thanks for listening to us discuss uh, Episode 9 of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the episode uh, Axis Monday, uh, which is the penultimate episode. Uh, and, of course, we also talked about Many other things besides. So if you manage to have enough patience to sit with us to the end, thank you very much. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week for the final uh, final episode of the season. Monarch was there in San Francisco. When the whole city was coming down, these guys were taking pictures like they'd been waiting for it. You think that your father was working for them? This stuff wasn't a safe. Who are they? What's Monarch? This is the world we live in. Monsters are an inescapable reality. Those files belong to us, and they are more important than you could possibly imagine. 
Choke down that monarch lie. About your father disappearing. Or we can find out what really happened. Before it's too late. Oh my god, no, no, no! This world is not ours. Believe me. more vast than we could possibly imagine. These monsters and monarch have taken everything from me. No more. The world is on fire. If you want to save millions of lives, we can use some help. 